0: All right. Looks like you are going. I'm hunkered down here on the couch, so let's see if this works. There's a little change up, but you're hunkered down because of the the mandate by your uh, by your mayor. (laughs) I know, I'm doing my doing my duty and getting comfortable on the couch. Hello Alaska. This is Pat Race. And this is Matt Buxton. And this is a podcast about Alaska. In the time of coronavirus. Yeah, it's wild. So today is March 22nd. It's about 10 a.m. Uh, on a sun- on Sunday. We are currently watching in the background muted the uh, city and borough of Juneau's assembly meeting where they are debating whether or not to implement a shelter or hunker down, I guess, in place. Uh, Alaska currently has 21... Uh, known cases of COVID-19 and it really feels like the world's changed a whole lot since last week though well, even since last week we talked when things were starting to get really kind of hairy yeah yeah it's uh you know seeing that exponential growth
1: curve and then watching it happen in real time is uh is something else and you know I feel like we're late to the game here <laughs> off in our corner of the world but it's happening everywhere and it's such a strange feeling to be Uh, Like if you go out or you're walking around and you see someone and it's one of those times, one of those rare times when you know that every person you see, every person you talk to, every person that you call on the phone is going through the same thing. It's like it's so rare that we have this um, global thought process. Um, You know, everyone's making the same considerations and weighing the same risks and trying to make the same decisions about their health and their family's health. Um, it feels a little like 9-11-y to me. Um, I feel like right after that happened, yeah. you could walk around and you, everyone you saw, you just like kind of head nod and you'd know that like, yep, they're kind of going through the same stuff right now.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. I, you know, I, um, I work from home, right? So my kind of daily schedule is not entirely um, thrown, uh, upended like a lot of people's are, you know, and I'm, you know, luckily still employed right now. Um, But, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people, and I think just the uncertainty is really scary right now. I think, um, you know, whether or not this is weeks or months or even longer is, I think, really unknown right now. And I think people are having a hard time really getting a uh, hold on what that means. But it feels like, you know, things are just going day by day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: uncertainty is real. And I think that there's different people at different stages too. I think that's the thing that I'm running yeah. into is that like you know, I, I ran into my mom downtown yesterday and I was like, Mom, what the hell are you doing downtown? You know, I'm like scolding her in the yeah. middle of the street. Like, Mom, go home. Like don't be down here. Um, you know, I'm I'm in this position where I'm like trying to move out of my office and like I'm trying to do it kinda of like nights and weekends and not be around people. Uh, but I, but you know, I run into my mom down there and like, it's like ghost town, but my mom's like having a chat with someone in the middle of the street. I'm like, Oh boy, I had to call up up and kind of like unpack and apologize and talk to her about it Uh. later. later. But I think that it's, (laughs) that's been the toughest thing for me is to like, I don't know that anyone, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm taking things too far. Like I'm like overly concerned or that I'm, you know, like kind of like off the deep end like i'll talk to people that i work with about my plans for the business or i'll talk to people that are in my family and they just feel like i'm i don't know like i'm too spun up and it i don't know it makes me feel a little crazy (laughs) but it's but it's this thing that's real that's happening to all of us and you know i need to i need to be able to plan for like what happens if my business doesn't open for six months you know what happens if uh you know what happens if a family member gets sick? How do I avoid getting a family member sick? You know that kind of thing. So it's, um, it's interesting. All these questions you have to answer about like when to go out in the world and how to do it responsibly.
0: So you know, two weeks ago we were um, crowded in down for the uh, the ceremonial start in downtown Anchorage for the Iditarod, and you know there were thousands of people there, and you know the the what was going on in um, Seattle was already underway you know we kind of we saw what was happening at the um, evergreen health clinic there where a bunch of seniors were getting sick and dying from it and I think a lot of the feel feeling that we had back then was well the virus isn't might not be that bad but the people freaking out and the economic impacts could be bad and now I think I'm getting to the point where I'm scared as hell about this virus too. You know, I look at, you know, my family, you know, my extended family, my friends and their families. um, And there's a lot of people that could be really sick and really, you know, horribly affected by it. And, you know, on a personal level, um, we had a good family friend pass away from uh, pneumonia um, years ago. And this was, you know, in a system where everything was good, you know, it, it was, it, the system wasn't stressed, there were the the equipment there for it, and so knowing that this is kind of, in sort of simple terms, like a very um, contagious and very fast-onsetting form of pneumonia is, is really scary to me, if you think about it in that way, because it just is, is so, I just don't know about how things are going to turn out, and I think you look at places like Italy or anywhere else where the systems become really overtaxed already. And it's like a, it's like hell on earth, you know? And I think, um, you know, we might be okay personally and we might be going through this, but I think I, I just couldn't imagine having to be a, have a family member in one of these hospitals right now. I mean, it just seems like they go in and it's who knows if you will ever see him again kind of thing. And I think that, is something we haven't really dealt with, and I think people are still really not grasping onto that. And I think um, it scares the hell out of me, you know. Yeah, it's and I, you know, you're running into these situations where, so like
1: right now we're watching this this Juno City assembly meeting at you know 10 a.m. on a on a Sunday, and it's uh, I, there was a little chatter before the meeting happened, and, and someone said, oh yeah, we usually get like 30 to 40 people watch these meetings. Right now on the Facebook Live, there's 1.3 thousand people, 1,300 people tuned in, and the right. chat window is going by faster than I can almost keep up with. It's it's interesting to see the variety of people's viewpoints, um, you know, through this. There's people that are like, you know, we can't close down these businesses. Like when the mind needs to keep operating, no, the mind needs needs to needs to follow the rules like everyone else. And like you know, it's it's a it's an interesting balance of of freedom versus security you know like do you want the the government to tell you that you have to stay in your house or do you want to or you know like what what authority are they operating on and what authority do they have and i'm i'm kind of curious i guess what um so anchorage is a little bit ahead of juno in terms of uh your mayor has given this like hunker mm-hmm. down notice what is the authority that he's operating on and like what does it mean
0: for you in in practice I mean, that's kind of the weird thing, right? I mean, the legal authority isn't really super well explained. Um, You know, I think there's talk about kind of the, you know, the public um, endangerment, I think, laws is sort of what a lot of places are sort of working off of right now. Yeah, there's not really strong legal authority for a lot of this. So a lot of it kind of is the honor system a little bit. And I think, you know, but I think that's kind of, okay-ish, you know, if he's making orders, even if he can't really enforce them, I think right. it seems like a lot of people are taking it seriously. I think when you hear that the mayor says to hunker down and also everyone go look to see if you have any N95 masks in your garage and please bring them to the hospital or bring them to a drop-off spot, not at the hospital. Um, I, I think that some, it, it, it shows that he's taking it very seriously. And I think that, um, you know, I don't think everybody's going to listen honestly and i don't know what kind of tools he has to really force people to stay home um but you know i think it it is conveying the sort of seriousness with it i saw you know there's there's sort of some talk um you know about the the nba all these nba athletes getting tested right and how it's kind of you know and i think i think there's real concern about it being um Inequitable about being the wealthy being be able to access tests when other people aren't, but you know the the day where everything really did change I feel like was when the NBA um, shut down. I think that was really the day where it seemed like, oh, this is really serious. I think so. I think there, there I saw someone make a case that basically, you know, there some of those tests are useful because it does raise visibility that there's there's a big. Big issue going on right now, and so right. if if a rich person can get this disease, then or this virus, um, then then everybody can. And it, I think, it makes, and I it, think it makes it real. It makes it real for all of yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. And and, and sh- shutting down the NBA makes it really real, you know. And I think um, I hope people are paying attention to that. And I think like it doesn't excuse the the inequity in testing. And I think that's the the lack of testing. I think is still like. Is a criminally underdone, and and I think there's some real, real serious failures on that front. And I'm really worried about what it's going to look like when um, testing kind of gets unkinked, I guess. And and there are more tests because I think that it's going to show that this has been spreading a lot more quickly and a lot more pervasively than we really have thought. So.
1: Yeah, and that's that's actually something that's been really interesting to me. I was asking about, um, I was asking a bunch of people on Twitter the other day how long it took them to get test results and, and multiple people who had gone through the process or had, had family members responded and, and and had answers that were basically in the like 2 to 5 day range. So if right. you're if you're in Alaska and you're getting tested it's depending on where you are you're here you're hearing back in in about 2 to 5 days on average. And and the the interesting thing to me about that is that when we say there's 21 cases right now today we're really talking about last week. You know, we're talking. Right. We're talking about like Wednesday. There were 21 cases today. You know, you can chart that exponential growth, and and really today's numbers are whatever they come up with in five days from now. So all we're seeing is this. Like, um, we're just getting a glimpse of where the situation was a few days ago, and those are people that you know, had, had the symptoms enough to go get tested, which means they've already been carrying it around for somewhere between two and 14 days. So we've got quite a lag on, on, on what we actually know. So that's one of the spooky things for me is this could be really a lot more prevalent than we even imagine. And we don't get to know that for another, you know, two weeks where we were, where we were today. And then, uh, you know, then we don't get to find out again. It's just this like, perpetual, um, looking backwards. And so not until this is all over will we really know what the arc of it looks like.
0: Yeah. I think there's actually some really interesting modeling going on right now. I think it has, um, there's some people doing some really interesting things that kind of, um, that really kind of highlight the, the, you know, the, the statistical approach of the public health and, um, if, uh, was it representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins has kind of joined up with a couple other data people and launched, I think it's COVID act And it kind of highlights, um, it, it's about, it's kind of this whole idea of the, the flattening the curve and it shows sort of what the projections are for, um, if you don't do anything, if you shelter in, or if you, what, social distance or you hunker in place or you, you know, do the the China authoritarian government lockdown model and what kind of that looks like um, to the amount of cases. And it also it, what is also really scary is it has, you know, the points of no return um, for for states. And so our Alaska's I think, it starts on the 23rd um, with, you know, the point of no return, um, you know, I think being like something like Thirty thousand deaths in Alaska, I think, is what their estimate is. I think the shelter that, in place is like a thousand deaths. Yeah, and so um, you're, you're talking about like if if we don't enact these policies by a certain date, then this is kind of what we're looking at. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, so it's actually it's been updated right now. So yeah. So if if, if we were if we had done no action in Alaska. Um, we are already kind of we already passed the point of no return on that if we but we, but are we have doing, done some things here we have done some things so we're somewhere between probably the social distancing and maybe the shelter in place so you know that you know gets it, it kind of extends the 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 time before our hospitals hit their limit till like mid April. Yeah, know. and that's and that's uh, really the frightening thing here is that like at some
1: point we just have more than the hospitals can deal with and that's where everything kind of comes crashing down around you. So that like once yeah. you overwhelm the the healthcare facilities, uh you know, then then someone who's having a heart attack can't get picked up by an ambulance because the ambulance is out doing something else. And pretty soon your, your health infrastructure just crumbles. And so I'm, people yeah. start dying of other things too, because they just can't, there aren't enough doctors or caregivers right. to go, go around.
0: Well, that's the thing too, is that, you know, I think that's, I think there is still that um, kind of naysayer downplay approach where it's, Oh, it's just like a bad flu, you know? And sure it, it may be, but it's also, you know, our system isn't equipped for everybody, you know, or, or 60% of the population to all get the bad flu all at once, you know. And so that's really the issue. It's not really the individual case of it, but it's the number of cases and match against the lack of infrastructure that Alaska has. You know, and that's the thing is, like, Alaskans go outside for healthcare all the time. And so, I mean, that should give you a good idea of, the, the lack of sort of services that our system currently has and lack of capacity that our system currently has. So, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's the sort of thing where I would be like, okay, well, you know, UAF has got a lot of maker labs. Maybe they could start looking at how to build ventilators, you know, that kind of, that's, I think that's where we might be, pretty soon and everyone's just three, to be 3d really, printing
1: their own ventilators
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i hate to be really ve- extreme or like really alarmist about it but i think you know you look at how it's been going everywhere else and i think being alarmist is kind of the appropriate you know appropriate response right now
1: yeah and then the interesting thing about being alarmist is if if you are alarmist and it's successful you look like you're alarmist <laughs> and right yeah and if you're alarmist if, if you're alarmist and no one listens to you then It then it's warranted, but if you're alarmist and people do listen to you, then everyone thinks that it was all for nothing, and they're like, "Well, why did we shut everything down? That was silly." Yeah, Um,
0: you just hate the you just hate the the economy for some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean that's so I I just turned off the Facebook thing just because I was like getting distracted reading (laughs) reading comments, but it it felt like the the core of what they were getting into in the early part of this meeting was this debate between whether or not we leave the mine open and operating. And that's actually an interesting analog for like on the state level, like do we keep pumping oil? Right. So like do yeah. Prudhoe Bay is, um, you know, it's a concentrated work environment. You've got all these people that are, that are working in a small community that, you know, if, if they got sick, it would just tear through them. And, uh, people traveling in and out all the time, just like here and here with yeah. the mining. And so like, I don't know, um at what point those things shut down but at some point it's going to be like the N- nba you know it'd be like the unthinkable will happen at some point where it's like oh okay we this is just gonna not happen for a little while and you know there are certain things that we need i don't i guess i'd be curious what other countries are doing i don't know if you know this but maybe like like in terms of uh, mail or um garbage pickup or, like, kind of basic essential services that everyone sort of relies on in the day-to-day. What's happening with stuff like that? Do you know, like, in, in Italy
0: or or when China went through this? You no, know, I haven't really seen it. I mean, it seems like a lot of those services, you know, in China, it kind of is under tight government control. Um, so they seem to be, you know, I think I remember seeing pictures of trash cleanup there, you know, and, and people wearing full... You know hazmat suits, basically, yeah. and so um, you know a lot of those jobs were continuing, but adapting. But you know they are reliant on the availability of you know personal protective equipment, and yeah. that is going to be a big issue. You know, I mean, people in Alaska in Anchorage are already talking about sewing face masks and stuff, and because and you know they already are reaching running out of it, which is just wild to me. Um, and that's what I think. You look at the reaction in Anchorage to go into the hunker down approach. I mean, I think it's even though there's, you know, Anchorage so far hasn't had actually very many cases. It's kind of doing one every couple days right now. Um, But I think that they must be looking at, you know, the hospital admission rates right now and saying, oh, you know, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad real quick kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, So I've you know, I've taken the opportunity to reach out to some, some people I haven't talked to in a while. And uh, it's been really nice to catch up with people. And, and like I said, everyone's sort of on the same page in terms of like, wow, what's going on where you live? And, and uh, how are you guys dealing with it? And what's it like there? And um, one of the things I kind of tripped over that, that I thought was really interesting is, is I've got two friends now who are, um, you know, they're, divorced parents and they're in a situation where they're, they're not with their children and they don't know when they'll see them again. And it's not like you can go to the court and say, I need my kids back right now. This guy's, you know, taking them away um, because they're either under lockdown or, you know, quarantine or um, you know, that kind of situation. So it's that, that's one of the things that like one of the weird un, un, unexpected things, kind of human math problems that's that's come out of this for me is this idea that, like, whichever parent ends up with the kid when you go into your two-week, four-week, six-week lockdown has the kid. Yeah. It's got to be tough for for a single parent out there that's used to seeing their kid.
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's just a lot of these little, little hitches like that that it's like, well, we got to... <laughs> deal with the big problems first and we'll, and there's not much we can do about that, but it's, it's a lot to absorb. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot of stress for certain people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I know, I mean, I, I, I am lucky to kind of, um, be in a situation where my job right now isn't affected by it. Um, but I do have some friends who are, uh, you know, looking at uncertainty a lot of uncertainty about their jobs right now too or are laid off um i had a friend who is moving back to alaska right now or trying to i think um because they lost their job and it's just yeah it's just really i think really wild um yeah scary yeah
1: yeah i might so we closed the gallery a few days ago and uh had to call all my employees and be like, Hey, listen, you, you I mean, you're not really fired unless you want to be, if that helps you with like, <laughs> unless, if that helps you with benefits or something. Um, but it's, but closing down is, is kind of daunting because, you know, we've got this space that we're paying downtown rent on every month and, uh, and now it's not generating any revenue. So, you know, then you, then you're, faced with this idea of, like, okay, how do we hustle and raise some revenue? And so I started doing delivery of, like, games and
0: comics. Yeah, um, so actually, yeah, I'm curious was, about that. I mean, it we was talked really about fun. Like, yeah, like, the the sort of this time sort of breeding some ingenuity, I guess. So yeah, what's going on? How's that been going?
1: Well, I, I only did the one day, and it looks like, you know, depending on how this assembly meeting goes this morning, it might just be locked down from here on out, but the uh, but but yesterday I, uh, went to the gallery and I, uh, wiped down a bunch of products and, uh, got them ready to go. And then I did deliveries kind of all over town and, and, uh, it was really fun. I got to, there was the the last house I went to, um, I left, I kind of like left stuff on the doorstep and like rang the doorbell and backed off. And then, uh, you know, this like head popped out and he's like, oh oh these oh yeah oh my gosh thanks and then everyone got really excited and then these kids like you can hear these kids like cheering in the background and then the door shuts and then the door opens again and these kids are like yelling and cheering i'm like oh i felt like i felt a little bit like santa claus just bringing all these (laughs) presents to their door but it was um you know it's i think it's a stressful time for people and it's nice to have some distraction marion and i played a board game last night and that was it was really nice um but it's uh you know I don't I don't know it was in terms of how the business goes it's like um I stumbled across something that I might continue to do after the coronavirus is like it's kind of uh I think there are a lot of people that get busy and can't get out to the store and it might be nice to have a delivery service once a week or something like that um, yeah in terms of the short term and what's happening right now I don't think it's going to be very practical to continue doing it because I think that you know every day into this. Um, at least until we get over the curve, you know, the, the health risks increase for everyone involved in doing anything. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to contribute to that. And I also, you know, if the city says it's, it's time to hunker down and all non-essential businesses need to close, then that's just what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm just trying to get, right now, I'm mostly just trying to get things in a good, you know, hibernation state, um, having a lot of conversations with landlords, I'm moving my office at the same time. So it's like, what happens if we don't get moved out by the end of the month, because we can't leave our homes, you know, like, (laughs) what does that look like? Um, so I, there's going to be a lot of this, that's just going to be spaghetti that we have to figure out later. Um, and I, it's going to be expensive and painful for everyone, I think. Um, yeah you know, the guy, the guy that's my landlord where my office is now that I'm moving out of, he's a bar owner. And he's like, yeah, I got two bars and they're closed. And so, you know, at the same time, I understand the situation you're in. Uh, I have to make a mortgage payment on this building that I own <laughs> and I, my bar is closed. No. And so it's, it's um, you know, it just trickles uh, up and down and sideways and kind of hits us all in different ways. Yeah, So I don't know. It's going to be a little bit of a scramble, I think, at the end of the trail to try and figure out like who gets stuck with the bill. And I think that's when things are going to get really ugly.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the discussion in the legislature right now. We haven't touched on it at all so far, but the legislature is sort of kind of trying to wrap things up with sort of... Uh, un. It seems like kind of the Friday is sort of now the plan to be done. Um, they got the budgets. the Kind of the mat- question is... You know, just how much else are they going to try to get done before then? There's a lot of other things that sort of were working their way through the process that in a normal process would have been been done in mid-April, but are going to try to be done by the end of this week.
1: So what does that look like right now? Like, are they meeting
0: in person still? Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's really wild. I mean, I think there is definitely a... Um, kind of a sense of duty to Alaskans to be able to kind of stick around and, and do as much as you can. But a lot of legislators aren't taking it very seriously, I think, in insofar as I think a lot of them are traveling still. You know, a lot of people are going back to Fair, or Anchorage or Fairbanks on the weekends. So they're going through airports. They were asking, you know, staffers who'd gone out of state and legislators that had gone out of state to um, self-quarantine. But there's still people going through, you know, the airports and traveling back and forth. Um, so I think that there's, you know, there's a, a, a fair risk that that building's a petri dish for it. Um, I don't know. I think I, I started off two weeks ago being like or feeling that they really needed to, you know, stick around and, and kind of get as much good stuff as they could through. I think now uh, there is a lot more. Um, justification for being done as quickly as possible. I think you yeah. can get a lot of stuff done under that timeline, but where, you know, they might've been staying around for a few weeks, I think they are going to be staying around for a few days kind of thing. I mean, is there any,
1: could they pass something that allows them to meet telephonically or like, is that a, a
0: course there's of been action? Talk ab- there's, there's been talk about it, but there's not been a lot of um, movement, on that front I guess the I thing they, that, the thing that
1: worries me there is that like if the legislature closes up shop you know they're just like put a button on it and they're like okay we're out of here everyone go home then now we're just handing off this health crisis to, to the governor who's like who you know who doesn't then have much pressure from the legislative branch to really you know I don't know I just I, I get a little worried when it's when the legislature's not in session
0: yeah, I th- I think so too. I think also the other problem though is that, it, you know, I think that they should probably try to get everything that they can done, get done, done, and then pass a let's work from home sort of approach. Because honestly, like, I think if they were to do the work from home approach right away, I don't I don't know if anything would ever happen. Right? You know, I think that they might because you know we're looking right now at an issue where. Um, the minority Republicans are withholding their votes on um, the Constitutional Budget Reserve draws. So this would this is kind of the reverse sweep stuff. This is sort of the can we fund government sort of stuff. And that's um, where you need the pressure. That's where you need the pressure. And so they've they've already said no to it, and they want to continue to fight for a big PFD. And they want to continue to fight for cuts. And they want to continue to fight for anti-abortion legislation. At least a couple of them do. Um, so it's been... Really weird. What do you think about um, this PFD thing? So, like, the
1: the governor's basically using seizing this opportunity to try and push one of his like failed campaign promises that he's going to give everyone their full PFD, and he just sort of like jumped on this opportunity. Um, like, is that seems a little opportunistic and also like kind of weird and impractical? Because if you're paying out a PFD to everyone, and you know, if you're paying out thirteen hundred. Dollars to everyone in Alaska that means like you're giving $1,300 to Ed Rasmussen who m- maybe doesn't need it as right. much
0: as someone else right I mean I think I I wish there was I wish there were were things where they could say I mean they do this actually I mean they do this pretty frequently where they will convene a committee to work on it during the interim or whatever so I wish that they would would you know I, I do think that the, the call for the dividend like this does feel very opportunistic and kind of pessimistic, too, or cynical, I think. It's very cynical. Um, but I, I do think there is a case for, you know, some kind of payout, I think. I, I think, yeah. But I think, I think you're right. I think that right now, you know, the state should be very careful about how it's tailoring its response and kind of – keeping its its finances in, in in line and healthy for the for the days ahead because you know I think we're going to come out of this if even if we get through all this I think next year we're going to have incredible challenges um, continuing go, going on um, and there's still really no uh, finality or any anything close to a real fa- financial plan there's no talk about new revenue um You know, there's talk. There is talk about significantly decreased investments on the North Slope, for example. Um, So it's bad for oil income of any kind. Um, So I wish there. Yeah, I wish there could be a conversation right now, serious conversation in the legislature about talking about. Okay, maybe we pay it out now. Maybe we look at means testing it. Maybe we look at. Implementing a income tax on the wealthy, maybe, maybe if you don't do that, maybe you know, at the very least, yeah, I think a means testing it to keep it to people who really do need it, um, and so you can maximize the state's resources. You know, maybe you do a a, a retroactive payback, um, and it's a monthly payment, you know, or a quarterly payment. Um, I think there's a lot of ways here where you could really. M- push it for reform for the good. I don't think you can get it done by Friday. I think that's the sort of discussion that you need to have telephonically at least um, over the next few months. But I think that there is, you can kind of see with the heightened need, I think you can kind of start to talk about how this program should be changed. But I don't think there's really a lot of interest in that. I think the governor's pushing for the full PFD, all or nothing, and he wants a billion dollars also on the side, you know? and yeah what's so i don't what's know what's the billion
1: dollars thing he he just wants I really, like a billion dollars i honestly
0: really don't know yeah he just wants a billion dollars to kind of do with what as he sees fit so um to to i don't know i don't think the, to use the is any, with no parameters at all I, I think it's you know within covid19 right okay but you know who knows and and you know seeing as how the gov- the go- and i think that this, this is we're getting into a point here where we're we are not only running into the the financial realities of spending, but also I think the realities of like having a a very uh you know, having no trust in your government kind of issue. You know, I think we uh Dunleavy hasn't been doing a particularly good job in his first year of being acting with any kind of um you know, scruples, I guess. You know, there's been a lot of we a lot of the sessions have been spent you know, looking at a lot of these sort of shady contracts that he's given out to his buddies. And so right. uh I think giving the idea of giving you know giving him a billion dollars without a whole lot of sideboards is kind of scary for a lot of those legislators. And I th- and I don't so I don't th- suffice it to say I don't think they're gonna sign off on any of that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So. A lot of a lot of no bid contracts for his buddies.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean I think, you know, you know, th- does he look at turnaround and he's does he say you know, to our econ- economy is going south and, you know, but we do have Pebble Mine. We could, you know, we could spin up Pebble Mine under emergency orders Some for some reason, you know. We need yeah. the, the copper, copper is, you know, copper is antimicrobial, antiviral, right? Is, you know,
1: and who better so, to run it all than Clark Penny? But, um,
0: yeah. yeah, I don't know, anything else you want to get to? or uh, yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, I think... Um, it's a tough time right now for everyone, and I think, um, but I think a lot of people are. It's, I think it's it's it really has bred a lot of ingenuity and a lot of kind of creativity on a lot of people's parts. Um, I think we are. People are finding new interesting ways to connect with each other right now. Um, I've reconnected with a lot of my um, friends from Fairbanks. We've been playing, you know, Jackbox. Um, party pack, uh, streaming it, and we're all getting on our phones and playing over voice chat. Cool. Um, we've been playing a lot of um, just a lot of games. You know, we we always got together and played games, and now we're finding ways. You know, we've been all separated for three or four years now, and but we're now finding ways that we're always available to us to to play games. Um, I think you, know, you see people about having you know cocktail hours on via voice chat and all that sort of stuff, and I think that's. I don't know. I think that's if if that's an experience to take away from it. I think that's a that's a very pretty valuable um, thing. So I'm kind of I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about the ways we're finding to connect with each other and kind of the ways people are using finding the, the people that are
1: Matt. I think we just stumbled, able to stay home. I think we just stumbled into an area of expertise on accident where where we can actually have some opinions that that are grounded in in fact and uh, a wealth of experience uh what are some great games to be playing with your friends right now like <laughs> i want like what yeah. what's the list of like awesome online games last night i played a little bit of uh stardew valley with some of my friends who make comics uh and oh yeah so that's great yeah connected with a friend in portland and one in san francisco and we started chopping down trees and rooting up rocks out of the ground so what what what, yeah. what what are some good video games people can play and and have kind of a nice social time with people they're, they're so
0: the, the one that so the one that i really like and is really kind of low impact i guess so you don't need to have a console or even a very good computer is jackbox party pack um so the way i do it is it's it jackbox i don't if you're not familiar with it it's um people will get on a couch typically everyone's on their phone and then there's the tv will play the prompts um, it will be kind of Pictionary stuff or whatever, and it will send all the prompts out to your phones, and you'll draw stuff or make funny things and share them all together, and you're controlling it with your phone, which is just nice, very accessible, you know, your mom could easily do it kind of thing. Um, so what we've been doing is I'll get it on my computer and then plug that into uh, Discord and stream out my screen to everybody else, and they'll watch that, and we'll play just like we normally have. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of, there's like six different ones right now. I think they're on sale too. Uh, I actually wrote a, my, my, uh, game call about it this week. Um, the other one, I think a lot of people are playing, if you have a Nintendo Switch, is, um, Animal Crossing. It came out, I think, on Friday. Is it, um, is it that one's multiplayer? So uh, yeah. Oh, sweet. So, you have your own little island. It's kind of, it's just, it, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of a great game for right now. It's, It's this little kind of farming simulator. It's kind of like um, Stardew Valley or any other game where you are building stuff and collecting stuff and waiting, oftentimes waiting a while. Um, But, yeah, you you have your own little island, and you can invite your friends to come over. So yesterday, like, four or five people or three or four people came over to my island and picked all the peaches (laughs) and dug up a bunch of holes and... Yeah, this is kind of just nice little sort of low pace sort of, you know, there's not really any fail state. You can't really do anything wrong in it. Um, I think that's really kind of, it's really fun. I don't know. And the little characters are very cute and the art's really nice and it's very relaxing. Yeah.
1: If you don't have a stressful enough time right now, I like uh, Don't Starve Together. It sounds just like that, but with dying and insanity and starving and
0: uh, I love (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it's a really good, yeah. It's like Don't Starve, but you don't. Starve.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What uh yeah, okay, give me some other ones. Those are good. I like that. Uh
0: uh, if you are on well, the other game that I was playing that I kind of going back and forth about it as being escapism power fantasy is Division Mm 2. It is it much more it's a console kind of game, you know, or or gaming PC sort of thing. But you are a secret government agent who's been activated from the general public, who now needs to go save New York City/ slash Washington DC from uh, the apocalypse of a post uh, pandemic world, I guess. Oh right. Um, so it's, it's real it's it's just kind of lusciously, totally extremely de- you know deeply detailed, horrific, nightmarish, stress inducing scenario it's fun because it is kind of this mindless game where you're just sort of shooting and shooting and shooting um but sort of you take any sort of slow down and you look around and you go oh i think this is this might not be so fun right now so just, just you getting are, trained up for the future if you're into the military fantasy if you if your post-apocalyptic outfit is um has a you know it has is has a lot of leather involved in it as opposed to a lot of like terry cloth and flannel then this might be for you (laughs) how about you what so uh stardew valley
1: um okay this is not a multiplayer game but i still love slay the spire which is that card game it's like a deck building card game that one's really good um for i don't know i've been thinking more about board games lately so for me it's like caverna cave to cave is a great two-player game uh Mm. star realms is a great two-player game that's a deck builder again you're buying spaceships and blowing up your opponent um yeah the the caverna one's really fun because you can kind of you can either play against each other or you can play collectively and try and get the most points and it's sort of like a um you know farming uh, cottage building game uh and, and i really enjoy that kind of thing uh that that kind of game
0: feels really good right now oh you know what have you played um Takedo? no i haven't so Takedo is a sort of beautiful, um, very kind of ser- serene game. It's basically um, you are uh, one of a group of travelers going from Kyoto, I think, to Takedo, Mm-hmm. Right. And kind of in feudal Japan. And um, it's really about living the best life along your way. So are you... You know, trying out different delicacies. Are you stopping at the um, hot springs? Are you um, are you shopping a lot? Are you meeting interesting people? So it's kind of it's sort of at the end of the game. It's sort of who has lived the most sort of rich and and sort of varied life. Are you you know are you stopping to collect the different panoramas? So by the end of the game, you've 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 uh, built the sea panorama. It's worth eight points, you know, and so. But it's just very kind of. The art's great and it kind of has a very nice sort of message about just sort of living life and having experiences. It's kind of like the board game version of Animal Crossing, to be honest. Nice. I'll try that out. Yeah. So, do you, I feel
1: like we're, <laughs> as much as we can be, we're in the honeymoon phase of, of, uh, of Hunker Down. Um, do you have any thoughts or have you been thinking about like what, what to do as this drags on? Like, um, have you, you and Shanda, uh, have you and your partner have any conversations about like, you know, like, okay, I need some space over here, or this is how we're going to navigate this <laughs> so we don't drive each other
0: bonkers. Um, well, so we, we, so she's working from home now. So we set up a little corner of our bedroom, which is oddly big. It looks like it's like two rooms that have been joined together. So she has a little office in there and I have my office. Having structure to the day is really useful. The big thing, actually, the the one conversation that we've really had about the future is she's going to have to learn. She's going to have to help me cut my hair at some point. You know, I have an undercut right now, and it's really grown out a lot. I was actually probably due for a haircut like two weeks ago. It's getting really rough now. We so. we
1: just had the haircut that, conversation last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. You That's like little things where you're like, oh, yeah, I usually go to a barber, but I guess I'm not going to do that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the haircut thing—that's sort of what the the, the the main thing. I think we we we've actually been um, getting trying to be a little more thoughtful about the meals that we're making right now, as far as just using what we have in the fridge. What you know, kind of knowing what's going to be going bad soon, what we need to be eating sooner than later, and kind of a a comedy, you know, sort of changing our behavior to that. So yeah. um, that's been interesting. And we're basically just not out of any fear that we're really going to run out of anything, but really out of just trying to minimize the number of times we need to go to the grocery store in a week. Right. Um, I think I've heard of people who are like, oh yeah, go every, you know, I've been going two or three times. I've gone two or three times, you know, and it's like, oh man, you know.
1: Yeah. Every time's a risk.
0: Yeah. And so I, I've, um, yeah, we, so we haven't gone in a week and a half. Um, I think our beer is finally getting kind of low. Wow. That's a yeah. good stretch, week and a half. You got me beat. I think it's probably
1: been, I don't know, six or seven days for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys have a nice pillow fort or something to go enjoy in your new, new place. I mean, actually, it's kind of nice. That was another thing we did actually. Right when it when everything kind of happened, is we, um, in in getting the office ready for her in the bedroom, um, we kind of sat down and we were like, okay, we've lived in this space for a year and a half now. What do we like about it? What do we not like about it? How it's, like, laid out? So we've actually spent the couple days in the beginning rearranging the bedroom. Nice. And and it sort of is one of those things where it's, you know, kind of informed by all, you know, all the bumped knees and stumbling in the dark and all that sort of stuff. And it feels really good. It feels great to have, like, a, a space that is a little more thoughtful about it now. And we have certainly have the time to be thoughtful about these sort of things. So, um I don't know. I think it's a good time to kind of move around and kind of clean up your house too. So. Yeah,
1: spring cleaning comes early. So yeah. someone made a joke about that the other day, that <laughs> <And I>, uh, <laughs> they were they were like, "Man, everyone's windows are really clean." I just saw the neighbors out there washing their windows, and it's like, "Oh, I did mine yeah. yesterday." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably do them again tomorrow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think I don't know. I and this is a, I I do think it's important to probably recognize also that we're. A little bit privileged, um, both in where we live and how we live. Um, you know, I, when I have been going downtown to, to do this office move, I've, it's been quite alarming to me to see like how many homeless people are, are out on the streets down there, just sort of roaming around. Um, yeah. you know, with, it, there was a ton of people downtown and I, and usually it's kind of a mix of, um, you know, it's a mix of people going to work and grabbing a cup of coffee and, um, you know, getting up to their business, but this was it was a really stark realization of like, wow, there's just a lot of people down here who are just living down here. And you know, the homeless populations are gonna have an incredible incredibly hard time dealing with this, um, both because the people who provide them support are gonna be overwhelmed with their own problems and because they're in close contact and don't necessarily have the best, um, you know, like aren't able to wash their hands regularly. Um, you know, don't have the the best access to, you know, Purell or soap or anything, and so, boring. you know, we're gonna see that um the homeless populations, the prison populations, the uh, migrant detainees, um there's just a ton mm-hmm. of of really vulnerable populations that we've either got under lock and key or or through their own circumstances or are in a in yeah. a bad situation. And I think that it's important to remember while we're tucked away in our pillow forts that it's going to be really, really, really devastating for some of those people out there. And we got to start thinking about how we're going to, how we're going to provide some support.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in Anchorage, they just opened up, um, the ice center as a, a, a shelter for, um, for the homeless population. I think a few hundred, I think were already moved in last night. Um, yeah, it's scary. I mean, I think you talk about... Oh, I don't mean to... I don't want to end on a really down well, note. That's but. why
1: I hesitated to bring it up, but I do think it's important yeah. to think about. You know, it's like... Yeah. It, as much as well, was, as much I mean, as we was, want to be happy yeah. and cozy where we are, it's... it's You know, the reality is there's a lot of people that are going to just get walloped, and you know, so in Juneau, we've got the, the Arts Council building is turned into a temporary shelter, just so they can spread them out more, so they can... So yeah. that they're not, like, in each other's, you know, breathing space, but... Um, Right. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, if we can end on a different note. Well, but
0: yeah, no, I I think it's important to realize that. I mean, like we've been sheltering, and last night, you know, we cracked open a bag of Doritos and played Animal Crossing on our both on our individual Nintendo Switches. And I think that is, you know, I think it's I think it's important to be very um, thankful for for what you've been able to reach in life, and yeah, and to do what you can, or at least understand that other people uh, don't have it nearly as as good, yeah, and so you know, I'm I'm dug through my stuff actually this afternoon and or this morning and and found a couple of my old woodworking masks, you know, masks I had from woodworking. I'm gonna go drop off at the thing today, and so I think it's important, yeah, to do what you can where you can. But you know, staying home and minimizing your contact is is helping out. Yeah, so it is some level of yeah,
1: right. As 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 much as we can help this to not spread, the better off we all are. Right. All right. Well, hey, I, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough time. It's okay to be a little bit, uh, it's okay to have feelings about it and the complicated ones and interlocking, intermeshing ones and flights of fantasy and escapism are important and, uh, and necessary so that we can deal with these things. Um, But yeah, I, you know, I thank you to all of the people who are working in our hospitals right now and who are doing the work that Needs to get done, and you know, like delivering our mail and um, mm-hmm. doing those kind of essential things. It's a really, it's a real eye opener um, in terms of like who is essential. You know, right when when trans when public transportation and uh, low wage workers and and mail carriers and sanitation workers start, you know, disappearing from the equation it does a lot more than if a couple of hedge fund guys
0: aren't there. Oddly happens that a lot of the essential jobs are the low paid ones right now. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I hope there are conversations about wealth and equity and equality that are born out of this. And I think stuff like the, you know, the discussion about the federal cash payments, you know, extending unemployment benefits, you know, it's a reminder that, you know, we have a ton, you know, this just like the healthcare problem is it's, it's not, you know, The kind of crises that people are going to be going through are the kind of crises people have always been going through. It just happens that everybody is going through it at the same time right now. Um, But people lose their jobs. People are out in really, really tough situations. And just because, you know, we are paying more attention to it right now, but these are problems that are heightened and have always been there. And we'll hopefully, you know, hopefully we can turn around to this and, you know, work together to make sure these aren't as bad in the future
1: yeah but all right well i think it's, thinking, yeah. I, it's good to have these conversations with you it helps me out a lot i really appreciate you taking the time to talk them through some of this stuff with me and uh yeah i yeah i just wish you the best and I, it's nice to know you're out there so yeah uh, take care yeah have a good day goodbye alaska goodbye Alaska. Yeah, I think that was good stuff. I was it's nice to nice to chat.
0: Yeah, I agree.